0: Hi, David. Brexit has returned onto investors' radar. What are your thoughts on the latest developments in the Brexit saga?
1: Well, I think you're right to describe it as a saga, Alex. Um, Like a long-running TV series, um, the latest season of Brexit brings new drama and tension. And like all good drama, there's twists and turns in the plot, unclear motivations of key characters, complexity, and new set-piece showdowns. You can probably tell I've been watching too much uh, uh, online TV um, of late. In any case, the, the latest dramatic twist in the uh, Brexit saga is the UK government's draft internal market bill that would uh, breach the Ireland and Northern Ireland protocol in the withdrawal agreement. And as the UK minister readily admitted in the House of Commons, this would be a break of international law. Uh, The EU reaction has been uh, furious, um, and it's given the UK until the end of the month to retract the legislation or face a legal challenge. Uh, Former British Prime Ministers have been lining up to condemn the breaking of a legal international uh, commitment. We also had a sort of walk on par by uh, Nancy Pelosi, who warned that if the UK undermines the Good Friday Agreement that secured peace in Ireland, um, and, and if it if it undermines that by breaking the withdrawal agreement, there is absolutely no chance of a US-UK trade agreement passing the Congress. Um, Just to recap from an earlier season of the Brexit saga, uh, the protocol is the backstop or insurance policy in the withdrawal agreement that prevents a hard border in Ireland if the EU and UK fail to agree a tariff-free trade deal. But by preventing a hard border on the island of Ireland, um, it actually creates a customs border between the UK mainland, Great Britain, and Northern Ireland. And, and the Internal Market Bill essentially overrides this. Um, so, so, why is Boris Johnson threatening to renege on the wonderful exit deal he secured last year? Um, some suggested that Number 10 believed that the economic costs of no deal would be lost in the aftermath of. Uh, the uh, COVID-induced uh, recession, and, and it's better instead to have a uh, you know, clean break and have complete freedom to do whatever the UK wants, including on uh, issues like state aid. Um, others, that the Prime Minister was outraged at a perceived threat that the UK would not be granted third country status by the EU for food imports, uh, including into Northern Ireland from Great Britain. Um, Our interpretation, though, is that Johnson is up in the stakes and demonstrating his willingness to contemplate a no deal to secure a more favourable outcome from current negotiations. Essentially, a sort of Trumpian strategy of creating a crisis, then compromising to resolve it, and of course, then claiming a great win. Um, The the Internal Market Bill comfortably passed its second reading in the House of uh, Commons. Only a few Conservative MPs rebelled. Um, The government um, is is also agreeing to some amendments, which is likely to mean that it will get it relatively comfortably through um, the House of Commons. It will face some opposition, I think, in the House of Lords, Uh, but it is a prime minister with a large uh, majority and a cowed Labour opposition on the issue of of Brexit. So I think it will um, go through. But despite the acrimony between the EU and the UK, negotiations on a trade deal continue with both sides wanting to reach an agreement by the middle of October. And if a tariff-free trade deal is reached, goods from Great Britain to Northern Ireland will be duty-free and the provisions of the UK Internal Market Bill that would breach the withdrawal agreement would no longer be relevant. So I think, in other words, despite all the sort of fire and fury over the UK government's unilateral you know, threat to breach the withdrawal agreement and international law, it doesn't alter the key fact that the future relationship between the UK and EU still rests on securing a trade agreement. Um, investors can participate in the Brexit saga by playing the um, sterling game, but you know participants face a you know, binary outcome. It's a sort of no-deal or deal between the EU and UK on trade with you know, more or less even odds being priced um, in, in sterling at the moment. And I, and I think a broadly similar upside and downside in the value um, of sterling, depending on the um, outcome. Um, our current thinking is that the UK and EU are more likely than not to reach an agreement on a so-called skinny trade deal. And further weakness in sterling as we move into the key month of October may present an opportunity to take the other side. But for now, we're we're looking forward to watching more episodes of the Brexit saga.
0: What are your takeaways from the latest Fed meeting?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the Fed did make some significant changes to its um, statement, which was you know, altered to reflect the shift to an average inflation target regime that was announced by um, Fed Chair Jay Powell at uh, Jackson Hole, which we've talked about um, before, Alex. And And what that statement says is that, the Fed will aim to achieve inflation moderately above 2% for um, some time. So I I don't think that came as a surprise. It kind of confirms the sort of pro-inflation, highly dovish bias of the uh, Fed. Its latest interest rate projections, the uh, so-called DOTS, um, suggest that a large majority of members of the Fed do not envisage an increase in rates until after 2023. Um, so the Fed's commitment to higher inflation, at least rhetorically, is clear. Um, the question is whether they can actually get inflation to 2% and higher. E- even the Fed's own inflation projections show inflation remaining below or only reaching 2% um, in 2023. And, and the bond market is sceptical, is, is especially in the absence of more policy action. And there weren't any hints of additional policy action coming from um, the F- Fed, and and I think in that sense, the Fed meeting not only didn't really offer any new information, um, but I think you know some of the market reactions, you know, is consistent with some weakening of of, of the sort of perceived credibility of the Fed's commitment to getting inflation higher. Um, if the Fed's own phone own forecasts show that inflation won't get above two percent over the next few years. Then why aren't they taking action to make it make it happen? Um, that said, I do think the market is too focused on the latest announcements from central banks, including the Fed. Um, central banks have, of course, and continue to play a crucial role in the policy response to the pandemic and in supporting the economy and markets. But we we know that central banks are providing that support, and and each additional policy move, I do think, is becoming ever more marginal in terms of its impact. In in my view, the the drivers of further big moves in markets is going to be progress on a vaccine and fiscal policy. Um, Central banks have effectively said that they're going to backstop government borrowing. They're going to keep on buying government bonds. Governments can go out there, borrow very, very cheaply, um, and continue to spend and support the uh, recovery. But I think there is a question mark on whether governments have the political will to keep doing so as the debt piles up, especially in the US and uh, UK. Um, Fed Chair Jay Powell at the press conference after the Fed meeting you know once again stressed the importance of fiscal policy and that, in his view, more is needed. But it seems unlikely that Washington will agree another fiscal package this side of the US elections. I've, I've been surprised that Investors have been quite as sanguine about such an outcome. I think there's confidence that there's, you know, sufficient positive growth momentum um, that in the U.S. Uh, economy that will allow uh, some delay in additional fiscal stimulus until after the no- November third. But but I'm you know worried that as the enhanced unemployment benefits uh, roll off, uh, layoffs are continuing even though you know workers are also being rehired, that we will see some potential loss of uh, growth momentum in the fourth quarter, Um, especially if, you know, political deadlock continues beyond uh, the November 3rd election. So um, I think, you know, keep an eye on the outlook for fiscal policy, um, particularly in in, in the US, as well as developments on uh, the vaccine.
0: Thanks, David, and speak with you soon. Thanks, Alex. This podcast is issued in the United Kingdom by Blue Bay Asset Management, LLP, which is authorised and regulated by the UK Financial Conduct Authority, registered with the US Securities and Exchange Commission, and the US Commodity Futures Trading Commission, and is a member of the National Futures Association. This podcast may also be issued in the United States by BlueBay Asset Management LLC, which is registered with the SEC and the NFA. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Unless otherwise stated, all data has been sourced by BlueBay. To the best of BlueBay's knowledge and belief, this podcast is true and accurate at the date hereof. BlueBay makes no express or implied warranties or representations with respect to the information contained in this podcast and hereby expressly disclaim all warranties of accuracy, completeness or fitness for a particular purpose. This podcast is intended for professional clients and eligible counterparties as defined by the FCA only and should not be relied upon by any other category of customer. Except where agreed explicitly in writing, Bluebay does not provide investment or other advice and nothing in this podcast constitutes any advice nor should be interpreted as such. No Blue Bay fund will be offered except pursuant and subject to the offering memorandum and subscription materials the offering materials. If there is an inconsistency between this podcast and the offering materials for the Blue Bay Fund, the provisions in the offering materials shall prevail. You should read the offering materials carefully before investing in any Blue Bay Fund. This podcast does not constitute an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to purchase any security or investment product in any jurisdiction and is for information purposes only. No part of this podcast may be reproduced in any manner without the prior written permission of Blue Bay Asset Management, LLP. Copyright 2020, Blue Bay. The investment manager, advisor and global distributor of the Blue Bay Funds is a wholly owned subsidiary of Royal Bank of Canada and the Blue Bay Funds may be considered to be related and or connected issuers to Royal Bank of Canada and its other affiliates. Registered trademark of Royal Bank of Canada. RBC Global Asset Management is a trademark of Royal Bank of Canada. Blue Bay Asset Management LLP, registered office 77 Grosvenor Street, London, W1K3JR, partnership registered in England and Wales, number OC370085. The term partner refers to a member of the LLP or a Blue Bay employee with equivalent standing. Details of membership of the Blue Bay group and further important terms which this message is subject to can be obtained at www.bluebay.com.